Hello, and welcome to Memory Lame, a bad songwriter podcast. I'm your host, Anna. Uh, we are here today with Izzy Olive of Half Gringa. Hello. Hi. <laughs> hey, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Izzy is an excellent songwriter. I guess the first question that I have for you is, when did you start songwriting? I started songwriting pretty late mm-hmm. in my life. Uh, I w- wrote poetry a lot, like growing up. Yeah, just a lot of poetry. And mm-hmm. a lot of that was bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I didn't start writing songs until I was in college. Um, yeah, and it was because I had kind of stopped doing music uh I had done music a lot in high school I was like in marching band and like really in marching bands oh yeah and um and also concert band and I was just like really into it and I decided to stop doing it during college and needed some kind of musical outlet I realized like I thought Mm -hmm. I was really burned out on it but I ended up deciding like oh well maybe if I just like start making music just for me then it will be less painful to me (laughs) and that was true (laughs) that's great yeah were you writing stuff on guitar then in college yeah I I got an acoustic guitar when I was 18 I think Mm -hmm. it was like Christmas of my first year of college I got a used acoustic guitar and then I took it back to school with me and I started um, just like kind of experimenting with a lot of covers at first and Uh just sort of like I don't know, learning other people's songs. And it took me a while to arrive at a place where I felt like I could start writing my own songs. I was like, yeah, a little bit later, like maybe 1920 when I started doing that. For sure. What kind of stuff were you covering when you first started doing that? Of a myriad of things. Some things that like would make sense to people, like Nico Case, uh-huh. I feel like makes a lot of sense. For sure. I don't know, like whatever was popular in 2010 2011 like fleet foxes oh yeah Mm -hmm. uh tallest man on earth right right. uh i had really discovered kind of like popular indie rock at that time Mm -hmm. like i didn't know what pitchfork was until i was in college and yeah i started sort of like listening to different things and getting recommendations from other people that i went to college with and i had like a weird youtube channel for a little while where i was just like recording covers to like force myself to get better at playing guitar that's great it's a smart idea yeah it it was like an accountability thing like if i post Mm -hmm. one youtube video a week then you know hopefully i'll get a little bit better at an f chord yeah (laughs) and you did i assume yeah and i did (laughs) i feel pretty confident about my f chord skills i've I've seen you play them they're they're just fine (laughs) thank you So the first song we're going to listen to here that you sent along is called River. Before we give it a listen, do you remember writing it? Do you know why you write it or what what it was about? I was trying to like rack my brain because I think this is the song that both of these songs originally had two different versions uh-huh. because like I was recording a lot of music by myself in my room and then I didn't actually start a band until like a year or two years after both of these songs had some iteration of themselves. Uh So I think river came out of like trying to write about a family member who was going through a really hard time Uh and trying to figure out like what my place was in relation to the like difficult thing that they were experiencing was. Um, Yeah. And it was also just like an opportunity like with this recording to kind of experiment with like how to record vocals and like Mm -hmm. how to sort of like mimic certain effects um, and do this like doubling thing that I did with the vocals here and just kind of like 
yeah like add different layers of stuff so totally well let's give it a listen river Spare my sister River, river Do you remember how you recorded it? Um, yes, I recorded it I recorded it using the same mic that I record with now <laughs> That's great <laughs> Which is just like a cheap uh, MXL uh, I think they're called 990s mm-hmm. I forget exactly But it's just like a condenser Like a large diaphragm condenser microphone and uh, I did it, I used that for both the vocals and the guitar. Um, and I was just using the acoustic guitar that I currently have. <laughs> a lot of gear that I still use. That's great. Um, yeah, and I just recorded it like openly in my room. Uh, I think, I'm trying to remember what apartment I was living in when I did this. I think I was living in an apartment where I didn't have a closet, so I wasn't, like, singing in a closet, which is what I do with a lot of my vocals now. I'll just, like, right. go into my closet and sing takes. Yeah, but, for um, sure. Yeah. Honestly, I was listening to this before. I feel like it's pretty impressive. Thanks. <laughs> oh, the, like, weird ghost noises. I have oh, a yeah. tin whistle that I got when I was studying abroad, uh-huh. and um, I just was, like, messing with weird ghost sounds, and I... I remember like adding a bunch of weird uh, like delay and reverb effects in Reaper. Reaper is the uh, DAW that I like originally started using when I recorded Uh and I just like made this really shrill sound sound like really ghostly and ethereal kind of like a synth. Totally. Yeah. It's pretty dope. (laughs) So you did eventually bring this to the full band? I did, yeah. I looked for a recording of it, and I couldn't find one, which is a bummer. Mm -hmm. Um, The full band recording is a lot more intense. It, like, rocks a lot harder. We haven't played that song in, like, three or four years. How long have we been a band? (laughs) Uh, Almost five years. Okay. I would say probably, like, the first year that we were a band, we played this song. Yeah, cool. or that I had a band. We played the song as a full band. Um, it's cool. Yeah, I was thinking I was like maybe I should bring it back. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. That's what's been fun about revisiting my old songs is thinking like, oh, maybe some of these I should bring back or like finding pieces of them that I like. Yeah, and it's like you kind of step away from stuff for long enough, you can kind of think about it in a different way. Like I totally. know that we've talked about this before, just that idea of like sort of rethinking things has your full band always been half gringa did it go through different iterations i have to get better at like (laughs) sort of explaining like what it what half gringa is so half gringa is like always me Mm -hmm. and then it's either me solo or me like with one of the other members of my band or another person i'm playing with and that's duo and then um we have like this full band sound that is on all of the recordings that uh-huh. we've released except for Texas I did by myself but like most of the sort of iconic iconic full band like <laughs> bring a sound um yeah is 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 a full band situation um and I formed the first iteration of the band in 2015 
Cool. Summer of 2015. Yeah. So this next song called Alimony, we're going to listen to. Any backstory to this one? Yeah. So this this song actually did get a full band release mm-hmm. um, on an EP. It was like the first publicly released EP that we did. Um, but this is the first version of it that I did. And this was same deal, kind of just like a bedroom recording. And I think I took what I learned from recording river and just sort of applied more of that to this. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of tell like, Oh yeah, some of the same basic principles applied, but it's a little bit cleaner. Um, it's just a little bit more like thought out. So I was getting better recording stuff. Awesome. Honestly, I'm always so impressed with people's like recordings. I've never really had um, a lot of patience for doing my own recording. I always get uh, frustrated. I've gotten I've gotten better at it over the past few years, I think, because I want to be more self-sufficient when it yeah. comes to that. But like, yeah, I I would say like, I mean, part of the reason why. I kept doing it was sort of out of necessity it was like for sure the only way that I could kind of musically work through certain things um for sure because I've never been much of a like straight lace composer uh but I think that the thing that's the most helpful I like for two years just had that condenser microphone and then eventually like an SM57 set up in my room like on my desk or on my amp at all times and then it was super easy to just like have my interface and then like just plug it into the computer whenever I was like right. oh I have some time like I should record this thing you know right having it all set up like yeah. having things all set up really helps a lot it there really are times um, even just with writing songs there are times where I when I was writing a lot more piano stuff I just didn't have my keyboard set up and like that alone is like a blocker to writing music if it's set up uh, it's so much easier to just flip turn it on and and do the thing yeah if it's out there then you're definitely going to use it if it's Mm -hmm. not out and set up then it's like hard to convince yourself to do it um yeah and it's like i always approach it like the first track that i lay down is usually the guitar part and i just approach it with such a lack of like intensity because I know that I'm going to replace it with something else. It's like once you get like two or three tracks down, then you can start removing the ones that, you know, are maybe like first takes or don't sound as good or whatever. Totally. That's definitely what I did with this one. I like that stuff going on in the background. Yeah, exactly. And you can just edit it. Like Mm -hmm. this is so heavily edited. (laughs) (laughs) I like, probably messed up that part four times and I just like edit that part out so oh yeah yeah and then I did another like weird kind of I have like a tiny child glockenspiel mm-hmm. and I just used that and then put a lot of reverb on it <laughs> of course yeah like make this sound cool and weird even though it's not yeah. I also like I'm so I don't have any drum experience so whenever mm-hmm. I add percussion to a track like the tambourine is about to come in and it's just like not <laughs> it's just it's pretty bad but it's okay I don't need I, I learned that I don't need to have that stuff on demos no but, for sure yeah, yeah I'm oh there it is 
there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not great at that. So I understand. Yeah, it's like I have like a snare drum in my room that I could use if I need it to like have a rhythm thing, but I'll eventually just take it out. Like, yeah, for sure. This is great. also helpful for me sort of experimenting how to play guitar in different ways like I think when I recorded this I must have just gotten an electric guitar because I yeah I didn't buy one until I was 22 uh-huh. and I think I was really nervous about trying to I don't know like improvise or try different techniques and, For sure. and being able to like record it and listen back to it and hear it and then sort of edit based on that was really helpful. Yeah. For learning how to play guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Being able to listen back helps a ton. Um, I have this little just eight track recording app on my iPhone now oh, that I cool. use just to like, oh. it's called Spire. Ooh. This is not an ad, <laughs> um, but um, my roommate Chris had showed it to me and it's mm-hmm. like super user friendly and simple and you can do eight tracks on it and um, that's a really easy way for me to like get down ideas even if I'm just walking around and like have yeah. an idea in my head I can like sort of sing it into the yeah that's recorder awesome. um, so I know that you have a new record yes that is complete it's <laughs> it very good um, actually it's getting mastered tomorrow oh exciting I know I'm like oh, I can't wait to hear it <laughs> Um, and it, it's it's awesome. It sounds really good. Thank you. How do you think your songwriting has evolved over the years? Um, gosh, it's so interesting because like I feel like my writing practice hasn't changed that much. Like right. from when I was writing poetry to writing songs. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, like the process of songwriting has not changed that much for me. Like I write a lot of content and like I use about 15% of whatever is out there. Um, With writing music or like recording music, it's kind of difficult because I feel like I try a different approach every time sometimes Uh or I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try it this way because it's still such a new thing to me that I'm trying to like, I don't know, like mix it up and try different things and see like what works and what doesn't. So it's probably good that the songwriting component stays pretty the same. Who are some people right now that are inspiring you? Musicians, songwriting wise. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> not to huge... put, not to no, put you I on know, the that's... spot. It's okay. That's, a, that's like, there are so many. Um, I know. Uh, I just, I'm obsessed with Tensi's new record. It's very good. I think that Jess is so talented. I think that record's amazing. Uh, everybody should listen to it. It's great. It's called My Heart is an Open Field. Gia Margaret is really inspiring to me. She's Always great. a friend and collaborator. She sang on our record and like did a great, and played piano and is great. And I just think that like she is a fire hose of good ideas. Mm-hmm. Um that just make me think a lot about production specifically. I think I've been getting a lot of inspiration from songwriters that are like really on top of it or just like really about like trying new things when it comes to production. Yeah. Yeah. It's super, it's super inspiring to me because it makes me want to like 
learn more and try new stuff. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so many. And then like, I think uh, Jess Price from Camp Dogs is also one of the most incredible, like not just songwriters, but artists. Like she's also a video artist um, and just like has such a breadth of work that's so incredible to me. Mm -hmm. My friend Marin, who is a photographer and also a singer songwriter. I just feel like we know a lot of people that are like multi-talented, like in different fields and they sort of like feed off of one another. And it's really interesting to, to watch those kind of careers develop. Yeah, I have to agree. Yeah. Other than your album that is coming out at a question mark period <laughs> point in time. Yep. <laughs> um, what else do you have coming up that you're excited about, if anything? Things that you want to plug? Obviously, uh, if you haven't listened to Half Gringa, they're on all the streaming platforms. Yep. Every <laughs> single one. Um, <laughs> I kind of like need to take a break now that the record's done I like kind of just need to take a break yeah and, like assess some things and like look at stuff and I think fall is like a really good time to sort of get back into a creative practice Absolutely. and I've been kind of like you know it's been summer and my creative practice has been all over the place so I gotta just like kind of take take a little break but then sort of like b- buckle down and figure out what I'm doing next totally yeah Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so good to have you here. Uh, And like I said, give them a listen on all the streaming platforms. Okay, bye. One, (laughs) two, three, four. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you enjoyed, please rate, review, and subscribe. And maybe tell a friend. It helps us out. We'll also be adding Half Gringa to our Spotify playlist along with the other band recommendations from this episode. You can find the link on all our accounts. Thanks! When will you say other things that Scared.